0: Hey guys, it's him and this is Brustling Unlimited as it's Monday and that means tonight was Monday Night Raw. As far as tonight's Monday Night Raw, just go, I thought it was a very easy show to watch. I thought the show was smooth, it flowed really well, and it didn't, at least for me, really feel like a long three-hour show. So, I think that is a positive. We got some things announced for Money in the Bank, we got some, uh, you know, advancements and progression towards that Money in the Bank pay-per-view, and I loved that they kept harping on us middle of the day, middle of the day, middle of the day, because I knew a couple of people that were like, oh, you're going to watch Money in the Bank Saturday night? I'm like, no, I'm watching it Saturday at noon. So I think they did a really good job as well of reiterating over and over, the show is not on Saturday night. It's Saturday during the day because they're live in London. So overall, I thought it was a pretty good episode of Raw. Luke, what did you think?
1: you said i thought it was a very smooth show was also a very productive show like i thought this is like the perfect show to to do like especially with all the stuff they did tonight it was perfect this is like the perfect show you should do going into like your final like episode before like a pay-per-view or premium live event right oh they did a good job of like stuff up and announcing you know final stuff for money in the bank as far as like for raw and might announce like one more thing from smackdown i don't know but
0: i don't see. think so i don't think they will i saw someone go oh are we are gonna get a u.s title match i'm like no because they haven't done anything with theory in like weeks
1: well that rivalry with theory and sheamus that hasn't reached its peak yet you can't really do that match at Money in the Bank.
0: I think it has. Well, didn't they already have the title match? Oh, because I'm pretty. I thought they fought.
1: They might have. I don't know.
0: I'm gonna double check this. I'm gonna go Austin Theory cage match because I we haven't seen Austin Theory in like two three weeks. But I know Bobby wanted another shot at him or something. Let's see. Hold on. Austin Theory's last match on SmackDown. Yeah, the Jey Uso match. Yeah. Uh nope that's uh yeah so on May nineteenth Austin Theory defeated Sheamus with the United States Championship on the line. And then the last time we saw Austin Theory on TV was two Smackdowns ago, June ninth when they did the Jey Uso match. Other than that we have so we haven't seen Theory in a week and a half. So he just missed one episode of SmackDown so far, but. In theory, though, no pun intended, they haven't done anything with him to build up a challenger for the U.S. title, so I don't think they add a U.S. title match to Money in the Bank. They add that to, I guess, SummerSlam, which would be the next show. And I don't see anything else from SmackDown that would fit or be needed. We already have seven matches. I think that's plenty. Triple H, like, six, seven match shows.
1: Uh, Jonathan Chuda in the YouTube chat says, Whatever happened with Bobby Lashley? Bobby's on SmackDown.
0: Barely working. He was there a couple weeks ago, worked a dark match. Which is weird. Bobby Lashley, I'm no.
2: going to look him up. I'll tell you right now what Bobby Lashley's doing. Bob Lashley, as Miro would say. Miro no longer the redeemer. He said he
0: renounces his God and his wife. All right, let's see. Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley has not been on TV since a World Heavyweight Title Tournament first-round match. Bobby Lashley defeated Austin Theory and Sheamus. That was the last time he was on television. He then worked... He lost to AJ. Yeah, then he lost... Same night to AJ, yes. And then he worked...
2: What is this? June... That date's wrong. Oh, he worked last weekend.
0: Not this, like yesterday, but he was on. Well, so he worked yesterday. He defeated Baron Corbin. Oh, we, so both days this week. So, yeah, he's been working all the house shows. This past weekend, he had two matches one on Saturday, one on Sunday. He beat Baron Corbin. The previous weekend, one on Saturday, one on Sunday. He beat Karrion Cross. He's working every weekend. They're just not putting him on SmackDown. He hasn't worked
2: SmackDown since. May 12th been over a month. Very odd. Same time. Like that same
1: show. Like last time we saw edge edge is also on like a,
0: I mean, part-time deal. Exactly. That's yeah. So almost not comparable, but it's like, what the hell you got? Bobby Lashley, On SmackDown, guy's never been a SmackDown superstar before this run of his career. His original run in WWE, he was only on SmackDown. He was a SmackDown guy from the jump over there feuding with Simon Dean, eating the hamburgers and stuff. But anyways, that's a whole other story we can get into another time. Bobby Lashley's first run. (laughs) But yeah, so it's just weird. It's like Bobby Lashley is A, on SmackDown for the first time since he returned in 2018. He's one of the focal points of the Fox commercial. It's him, Charlotte, and Roman, and we barely see him. He's literally worked that one episode of SmackDown. He had the two matches, the Triple Threat and the AJ match. Oh, I take it back. And right before WrestleMania, he was in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal on SmackDown. But other than that, yeah. Yeah, I'm
1: sure he's backstage, but he's probably not being used.
0: I would assume he's on the road. Yeah, it's just just baffling why he's not. I don't know. Maybe they got a big plan for him going into SummerSlam, and they're like, hey, we don't want to just use you for random stuff. We got something important. We'll go from there. I don't know. I don't know. Wishful thinking, I guess you could say. But with that, I want to say thank you guys for joining me and Luke. We're here. It's Monday. We're talking raw. We're live on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited, youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription, just like eSports Gaming Rules 316 recently did. Or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games. And you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here. Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also remember, head over to YouTube and become a channel member. Greatly appreciate that. If you want to get your questions, comments, or concerns read live on the air, also remember over on YouTube to donate a super chat, and we'll make sure to read your question. Finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're getting a game like Dead Island 2 or Gods Unchained, whether you're claiming the free games, free games right now are... Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realm or The Hunter, Call of the Wild. You getting in that new season of Fortnite, trying to get Optimus Prime and Optimus Primal? Well, use our code PWUNLIMITED at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Again, use code PWUNLIMITED at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. As we move forward, going to... Time this person out in the YouTube chat. And then we're going to talk about SmackDown. Put this user in timeout. Spamming over there. With that, the show opens up. There was a lengthy video package recapping Cody Rhodes and Dominic Mysterio. And all the stuff going on with that. Rhea Ripley and Dominic were in the ring to start off the show. They were loudly booed. To the point where even when Rhea was speaking, they didn't stop booing which kind of shocked me a little bit, but that's just how well Dom's doing at getting them boos where it's like, Oh Rhea. No, we still got a boo because Dom's going to try and top. We nope, know. So it's like, damn. And apparently Fightful had a report that stated that everybody in this company just loves the work that judgment day is doing. They said, Finn has been great as the leader. Finn has been great in everything they've asked him to do. Damian Priest top tier guy. Now Rhea Ripley, Rhea Ripley got praised for not only being a top female in the company and a champion, but Rhea also got praised for knowing when to take a step back and help put the other three members of the group over. When, you know, she does the managerial stuff like she did tonight when she was in Dom's corner, when they were in um, Damian's corner. It's not like, oh, I'm a champion, so I got to be the focal point. Rhea's getting praised for being a team player, being A member of Judgment Day and not getting like a head going, oh, I'm the champ, so I'm the top person in the group. No, no. And then Dom's being praised because, A, he's progressing every week in what he does, but he's also not shying away from all the challenges they're putting in front of him. They're trying to have Dom face as many different guys as possible, so he's getting that experience of facing different kinds of wrestlers. Facing guys like a Cody Rhodes, who's more of a technical guy. Guys like a Seth Rollins, who's more of a high-impact speed guy. And so, that's another thing that Dom's getting praised for. Is going out there and learning how to put on these different matches with different kinds of people. And not just going through the motions of, I know how to do a match. No, Dom's learning how to put matches together with different styles. So, all of Judgment Day is beloved right now backstage within WWE. So, that's great to see.
1: And like I also heard like when, when Triple H first saw Judgment Day, like he didn't really like the group at first. And then
0: he wasn't quickly sure kinda, about it.
1: It quickly kinda like grew on him. Mainly because of yeah. Dominic. Right when Dominic joined, like everyone started like to care about the Judgment Day.
0: Well, also another thing in the FIFO um piece, FIFO actually stated that Edge has made note that he thinks where Judgment Day is now. So much better than what the original plan for the group was. Like, him not in it was the best thing. Taking him out and putting Finn in, and then eventually adding Dom, he says, was the best thing for all four of them. It wasn't just a, oh, we're all... Because if you think about it, if it was still Edge leading that group, I don't think they would all feel like equals. I feel like, and correct me if maybe I'm wrong here, it would feel like they were all under Edge instead of all members of Judgment Day. like They'd still be members of Judgment Day, but they all feel equal. No one person in this group, and maybe you could say Dom feels lesser than the other three, but whatever, but to my opinion, no one person in this group feels more important than the other, feels bigger than the other. No one's like the top dog. They're equals, and I feel like if Edge was still in this group, it would have been Edge is the leader, they're all following his command. Finn is technically supposed to be the leader, but he treats them all, and they're all seen as equals, which I love.
1: I know when like Judgment Day first started with Edge, a lot of people on Twitter were like, "Oh, this is just like WWE's version of like House of Black." What was that? Like, people people weren't really liking that.
0: Yeah, well, it was that, and a lot of people criticized it of. Oh, they're just using Edge to reform a brood-like group, a dark heel group like when he was with Gangrel and Christian. And that's why it would have felt. Like, when he was in the brood, it felt like he and Christian were under Gangrel. Gangrel was leading them. And that's what I think Judgment Day would have been if they kept it with Edge as the leader.
1: Like, when they always did that vignette with, like, Edge and Damian Priest, you know, like, where Edge is, like, sitting in the chair and Damian Priest yeah. is right next to him. Edge was the focal basically point. Just like, basically, just, like, Ed, it's like WWE's House of Black. Malachi Black is talking, and you get someone mm-hmm. like a Brody King talking right after.
0: Yeah, you have Edge as the leader, and Damian is the bodyguard, the muscle. But as far as the segment does go... They wouldn't stop booing, even when Rio was talking. Ripley called Cody Rhodes a wannabe and a loser, saying, quote, Momentum has been slowing down for him as of late. Ripley said that Dom would end that momentum completely at Money in the Bank. Rhodes then finally interrupted and got a huge reaction from the crowd. Dom stood on the apron while Ripley remained in the ring. Rhodes then welcomed us to Monday Night Raw. Ripley said that Rhodes... Couldn't bully Dom because he was a dangerous man. Dom couldn't speak because of the booing. So, I loved this. So, they're booing so loud that Dom's like, they're not going to let me talk. You know what? He whispers to Rhea so Rhea can talk for him in the hopes that they stop booing. I thought that was... I don't know if that was Dom on the fly or if that was actually planned. Like, if they boo a lot, tell Rhea to talk. But if that was Dom thinking off the dome in the moment. Perfect. Perfection. That band, I loved it. I thought it was so good. I think it was an on-the-fly thing because I think it broke Corey Graves a little bit because Corey's like, oh, Dom's got to have Mommy talk for him. And you can hear him trying not to, like, chuckle about it. So I feel like either he didn't know if it was a thing or it wasn't a planned thing. I I think it was just on the dome because even Corey Graves, they got him a little bit. Ripley said that Rhodes... Couldn't bully Dom because he's a dangerous man. Um, Rhodes then quoted the cat in the hat and said he purposefully quoted a children's book because that's what Dom is. A scared little boy. This, though, upset Dom. So he left with Rhea. Rhodes asked why he was running away and noted that his partner, Damian Priest, wasn't going to run from him later because, well, they're going to face each other tonight for the very first time. Rhodes then offered Dom a free shot. He said, come get me. Dom teased going at him and then backed away and left. So there we go. Money in the bank will be Cody Rhodes versus Dominic Mysterio. This might be. And maybe the, the match with Ray at WrestleMania is seen as a bigger match. But this is probably one of the biggest matches of Dom's career. Outside of him and Ray winning the tag titles and him and Ray at WrestleMania. I think this is one of the biggest more and maybe maybe you can say him and Seth at that SummerSlam his first ever match was bigger but again that's a Thunderdome match like Dom came in at the perfect time because that working in the Thunderdome was actually a blessing in disguise for Dominic Mysterio learning and getting thrown on TV like he did in the Thunderdome was I think great for him what do you think of the segment?
1: I thought the segment was good. The crowd did such a good job oh, with yeah. the segment, and I also remember like Dom first debuted in WWE. A lot of people were upset of like the, them like having just started out on main roster because mm-hmm. a lot of people were saying you got to have him start in NXT because he didn't ha- he never worked on the indies.
0: No, he didn't nothing. So he went and trained in Mexico, Conan. He went and trained in Canada with um, Lance Storm, and then he of course, trained with Ray in Southern California and stuff, but he didn't, I don't think, no. His first ever match not in a gym was that Seth Rollins match at SummerSlam. That was his first match not in a training set, uh, setting.
1: Oh, yeah, like, that's why a lot of people were upset when he yeah. first debuted in WWE. They just, like, put him on main
0: roster. They said, you're going to sink or swim, kid. And he floated around a little bit. Having, I think if Ray wasn't there, it wouldn't have worked. But having Ray there helped him. Then they split him with. Dom's one of my favorite characters in WWE. I'll just say it right there. Dom's one of my favorite characters in all the companies. So he's doing something right. They're doing something right with him.
2: I think he plays the scared little shit perfectly. Another thing is, when he was with Ray, a lot of people weren't happy.
1: Like, oh, he's just. Guy with ray. They're basically just trying to make him like the next like Rey Mysterio, kind of like Charlotte. They're just making her the next like male Ric Flair.
0: And they said that about Cody too when he started. Because Cody, remember when Cody first started on the main roster, he was thrown right into the stuff with hardcore Holly going for the tag titles and like, oh, they're putting him in a high profile spot just because who his dad is. So I mean Cody got that criticism too when he started in WWE. Did Cody work indie. Cody didn't work indies before WWE, did he? I don't think so. No. Randy Orton didn't either.
1: I've worked developmental.
0: Yeah, he worked WWE. developmental. Yes, he worked developmental OVW and stuff. But I don't think he did anything. I'm gonna go look really fast. Um, go to the end of his. Yeah, so he worked OVW. That was it. He was always so from 2006 to when he left in 2016. Fully under the WWE banner, OVW, and then the, the WWE's main roster.
1: Also, like for the Ava Reign stuff, I mean, I kind of had mixed feelings about. It. Some people are like, "Yeah, oh, that's another one." having her, well, there's mixed feelings because like some people are like, "Okay, you're you're letting her like be her own person and stuff, and having her like, kind of like be her own character in, in NXT." And some people are like, "Why wouldn't you just put her on?" roster, make her a female rock.
0: She ain't ready at all. Like, no.
1: She's not ready, no. But here's the thing. From what I've
0: heard, she told people she didn't want to do any of that. She wanted to train properly because she knew that she wouldn't just be able to go out there and do it. Honestly, I think Dom is an anomaly. Dom is like a Randy Orton who just picked it up quick. Yeah, no one's like Randy Orton who picked it up as quick as he did, but still, like, he got it. He was thrust out there, and he didn't, like, he wasn't great when he started. But I don't think he was super horrible or anything. I don't think he was, like, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, yeah, He wasn't super bad. H- like, Herocious? Herocious. There you go. That's a good word to use. No. Like, that match he had with Seth Rollins at SummerSlam, his first ever match, I thought it was a great match. Granted, probably a lot of that did due to Seth and who he was working with. But still... I've always liked Dom. Like, I've always liked Dom since he started. Even when he took that beating from Brock Lesnar that one time before he was even technically a wrestler in the company. He sold that beating so well. That's one thing that I think Dom's done really well. When he was a babyface, he knew how to sell getting his ass beat. And that's why I think he plays a scared, smarmy little
2: heel really well. So yeah,
0: Randy York, did Randy
1: Orton ever get that same criticism back in the day?
0: I don't think so. Just for the fact of developmental wasn't like easily accessible by fans. Basically, you had to live in um Louisville to even know who was there or be super inside reading the observer and stuff. So it wasn't just like everybody knew who was in developmental. Everybody knew who was signed, you know. So I think that's why he didn't. But at the same time, they they always said Randy showed up and was
2: better than everybody like on day one, and he had never done anything. So
0: um, as we move forward, Bronson Ring, Bronson Reed was shown at ringside wearing a suit. As we had Ricochet versus Shinsuke Nakamura, this match went 10 minutes and 45 seconds. The fight spilled to the outside early on, and each man decided to attack Reed, who was just minding his own business, not even messing with any of them. These assholes. Reed almost entered the ring, but the referee told him not to send him to the back. After commercial break, Ricochet was on offense until Nakamura got his knees up on the moonsault. Ricochet avoided a Kinsasha and hit a recoil for a near fall. Ricochet ducked a few kicks and hit a round roundhouse kick of his own. And then followed this up with standing sliced bread and a shooting star to pick up the pinfall victory with Ricochet defeating Shinsuke Nakamura. I still don't know what they're doing with Bronson Reed since he's not in money in the bank, but solid match. I liked it. What'd you think? Solid
1: match. I kind of felt like this is the type of match where I didn't really want to see either guy lose. True. But, but, yeah, I agree with you. Like, I have no clue what they're doing, Bronson Reed.
0: But I, I'm glad that they they did the Reed stuff, threw him out. He never came back, didn't have any kind of um, influence in the finish. It was just a clean victory for Ricochet. Unlike that dumbass Dom, Don Callis shit last night. Fire Paul Turner. He should fire Paul Turner.
2: How are you gonna let, How
0: are you going to kick Don Callis out? Let him come back, grab you the referee, and not even send him away or he didn't even say, hey, if you don't leave, I'm gonna I'm gonna DQ Osprey. He didn't even tease it, no, nothing. He's just like, Oh, you're back? Okay. Like that. Yeah. Trust me, a lot of people didn't like that. Bully Ray went on like a ten minute thing about that this morning on Sirius XM Busted Open Radio. A lot of people already don't like these AEW refs, so. But it was the whole point of they kicked Don out. Don comes back and gets involved, and there's no repercussions on nobody. And, and I think Bully Ray said it the best, and, and basically what I said last night. When Don showed back up in that match, and the ref did nothing about it, or at least for me, and Bully said it was the same for him, all he was concerned about from that point on was, Okay, is anything going to happen with Don? Like, is the ref even going to try to kick him out? Is the ref just going to like waiting to see if the ref eventually, and then all of a sudden, oh, my God, Omega with a great kick out of one. Because he was focused on the Don stuff, and the Don pulled his focus away from the two wrestlers in the match. And that's what I said on the review last night as well. The Don stuff with Don not getting reprimanded, Don not getting yelled at really much by the referee and stuff, it was more just like, oh, you're back? Okay, whatever. Like, he should have had some other referees or officials or somebody come grab on be like, no, you can't be here. I don't know. But that's a whole other thing. We know AW refereeing sucks. We know that they like to not do DQs. And so they do things that should be a DQ but not give I don't know. We're going off on a tangent. Well, I'm going off on a tangent now.
1: What they normally do is whenever, like, they see someone, like, cheating, they'll just be like,
0: all right, we got to restart the match. Well, it wasn't when it, if you saw last night, Don, like Paul Turner, so Don was holding Will Osprey, so Kenny wouldn't hit him with the uh, V trigger. Paul Turner then leans over the ropes, starts yelling at Don. Don grabs the referee, hands Osprey the screwdriver, and then we go from there. He put his hand, unless I saw it wrong, on the ref, and the ref did nothing. So, fire them all. Fire all the A.W. refs. Feels funny. I had a friend over the other night. She was making fun of Aubrey Edwards. (laughs) She was like, why is Aubrey trying to be so over the top every single time she's in the ring?
2: What?
1: I'm pretty sure like Chris Jericho like said one time, it's like saying like, I don't care what. AW refs do. Just make sure they're not in our way. Edwards is always in their way.
0: No, I wouldn't say in the way. But she sometimes takes the focus away from the wrestlers with her Oh! Oh my god! You know. There's a difference of being in the way and messing up a move and taking the focus away, but yeah. As far as Raw does go, Byron Saxon interviewed Matt Riddle in the back. This was actually... A segment that aired earlier in the day on social media, who challenged Gunther to an icy title match at Money in the Bank. Saxon wondered if that was even a smart thing to do after Imperium or after what Imperium did to his ankle last week. Riddle said his ankle was fine and he was sick of Gunther hiding behind his lunkhead friends. Ludwig Kaiser would then approach and asked Riddle what made him think he should could take on Gunther. Riddle reminded Kaiser that he beat Kaiser last week. Kaiser said. That will never happen again. And Riddle attacked him to prove otherwise. Gunther then attacked Riddle from behind and accepted his challenge. for money in the bank. And then he stomped on the ankle once more. So it will be officially Gunther defending the IC title against Riddle at money in the bank.
1: Honestly, this match right here, I think it should be match of the night.
0: I mean, unless those guys do some crazy ass shit in that men's ladder match, yeah, I think so. Well, I think the Usos are gonna have their working boots on in that main event, and I think it's the main. Well, I don't know what's gonna main event this show. I can see it being the the bloodline match, but I think I think there's gonna be a lot of people wanting to prove stuff during this show. The men in the ladder match and. and Nothing against the women, but the women in this match, I don't see them being like high impact, big move ladder wrestlers. So that's unfort, kind of unfortunate. I mean, you got Trish Stratus in this match. You think Trish is taking a bump off a ladder? You think Trish is getting slammed on a ladder at her age?
1: I would say, I would say it's either going to be the tag match or maybe, maybe Seth versus Finn as the main event. The reason yeah. why I say Seth first Seth Finn is because, you know, they just recently brought in that new championship. So, probably wanted to main event this show since Roman's not defending his belt.
0: Right, but there's also the chance that the women's Money in the Bank ladder match opens the show and the men's ladder match closes the show. They've done that before, too. One ladder match opens, one ladder match is the main event. So, there's an opportunity for... There's a lot of matches, that f- which... Actually, that's a very... Now that we're talking about it, and I didn't even think about it till you just started mentioning different matches, there's a lot of matches on this show that feel like they're main event worthy, they're main event caliber style matches. There's at least three or four. I'm going to pull up the card really fast, but yeah. Now that you said it, and you know, there's a good amount of matches that actually feel important on this show. Usually it's like, oh, there's the Money in the Bank matches and then other matches, but there's... Let's see. The men's Money in the Bank match, I can see main eventing, especially if LA Knight is winning. If LA Knight is winning, and the last thing you see on the show is LA Knight atop a ladder with a briefcase, that would be a great way to end the show. I can see, like you said, Seth and Finn, and
2: the Bloodline match main event. So there's three potential matches that could be the main event. Oh. You know, I know that was always a Vince thing. You start out with the
1: women's match and then you like, end it with the men's match.
0: Well, the, uh, well, the reason you do it is because you don't want to burn people out and have like two big me- matches like that, like m- like Elimination Chamber. You don't want two Elimination Chamber matches back-to-back. You want to give the crowd time to kind of like decompress from the high they got from the first Chamber match or the first ladder match or the first Hell in a Cell match or whatever.
2: So... Um, go for it.
0: If
1: it was up to me, I would probably, maybe I'd probably do the ladder match as like that second main event, and I would do like that tag match as like the main event. Yeah, I That's can probably see that. What I would do.
0: I can see that. It can go like, um, Seth Finn match, go to the men's ladder, and then go to the Bloodline match. So speaking of all of that, Dominic Mysterio. Confronted Adam Pierce. Dom was pissed off about Rhodes embarrassing him. And said he wanted a match tonight to show Rhodes what he can actually do. And what is coming for Rhodes at Money in the Bank. Pierce agreed. So that's a great idea. Dom said he had the perfect opponent. But didn't want to reveal yet who that opponent is. Then there was a five minute long Money in the Bank stats video. Posted by Jackie Redman. Basically the same video we get every year. Just updated slightly with stats from the last year's show. Then there was a clip of Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, being now fire and Isla Dawn to become the undisputed women's tag team champions. So do we? Not... I didn't pay attention to Ronda's entrance. Did she come out with both belts?
1: Uh, I don't think so. No,
0: I didn't pay attention during her entrance because I know she had that Raquel match here next. But I was wondering if they're going to keep both belts or if they're just going to have the one, you know, the WWE main roster tag titles.
1: There's no need for both belts. Just
0: no.
2: like the, the WWE main roster ones. So, speaking of Ronda Rousey, she
0: did take on Raquel Rodriguez in, in a two-minute match. They kept this thing short and sweet. Rodriguez tried a twisting senton, but Baszler rolled Rousey out of the ring and out of the way. Morgan then tackled Baszler for getting in, her, in, uh, in the match. Morgan then hammered away on Baszler as Rodriguez blocked an armbar. Rousey then rolled her up and got the win about two minutes into the match. That was it. Ronda then bails really quickly. And Ronda was, I don't know what was up, but Ronda after this match looked like she had just worked like a 10-minute match. She was like out of it. So I don't, know. I don't any, know. Any thoughts? I don't know. There's really nothing here. I think the match was like two minutes and 10 seconds at the most.
1: Yeah, I, I don't really know. I assume Shayna and Ronda retain at oh, the money yeah. of the bank.
2: Well, is
0: it? Yeah, it is the money of the bank. Yeah, yeah.
1: I assume they're probably going to have Raquel be next in line to the challenge for Rhea Ripley.
0: I hope so. That That's going to be so good. You, you, you saw their NXT stuff, right? Yes, I did. Yeah, great matches. Great matches in NXT. And we need more development of Raquel. Right now, all we know about Raquel Rodriguez is she's got a, a jacked back and she smiles. We know nothing else about Raquel Rodriguez on the main roster other than she's got a pretty and smile and a big back. That's all we know.
1: And she's always competing for the tag belts.
2: Well, yeah. She was. Tag champs for like a week. Pretty sure. See, like but, her first. Yeah. See, like, at least in NXT. They gave her character.
0: They gave her development. Uh, the development. They gave her a backstory. She would tell that backstory at times. But on the main roster, all we know is, that's Fuka Rodriguez, who used to be in NXT. She likes to pose with her back. You know? I mean, at least
2: they're not just saying, oh, that's Braun Strowman's girlfriend. That would be a detriment. Kel
1: Rodriguez.
0: I was hate I would hate that. Right. Uh there was a good Finn Balor video package here where he spoke about how much he hates Seth Rollins.
1: Then this video package was very effective. I oh like yeah. this.
0: Very. Because I like how he was like and, and I didn't, you know, write any really notes about it. But I like there was the one part where he's like, Seth says he wants the same Finn that beat him seven years ago. Well, that was a good Uh, a good version of me, but that that version's dead. That version can't come back. This new version is even better. This new version is going to beat him even, you know, whatever. He's basically saying, yeah, I was great then. I beat him, but I'm better now than I was then, and I'm going to beat him again, which you're not, but still. You think he comes out as the demon? You think it's demon Finn?
2: Mm, No.
1: Already lost his Demon Finn at Mania. I don't think they do it again to have him lose his Demon Finn. True. And also, I think it's I think it's too early to take the belt off Seth anyway. 100 percent. Oh, keep that belt. You want to keep that belt on him for a while. Yes. So I don't think you really you don't really need it unless you tease unless Finn teased bringing out the demon. Yeah, you could, but since there's like no teases whatsoever. Of like well, demon the Finn.
0: tease the tease is that Seth said, "I don't want the normal Finn. I want the guy that beat me. The guy that beat him was the demon. Finn's now saying that version of me's gone. This new version's better. So either he's got a advanced version of the demon, or he feels like just him, Finn Balor, is better than the demon now. So it kind of got me intrigued to see if he does." If it's just normal Finn or not. It it got me thinking and wanting to know. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. Speaking of Seth Rollins, we got his usual reaction from the crowd. Whoa. Then he gives a shout out to NXT champion Carmelo Hayes, who's sitting in the front row and thanked him for having his back last week. Rollins said that they were both fighting champions and mentioned how Hayes will be defending his championship tomorrow night against Baron Corbin. He hopes that he beats up bumass Corbin. Rollins then moved on to Finn Balor. Rollins said that Balor attacked him again on NXT and tried to turn his ribs into dust. Rollins said that he was still standing and was tired of talking, so he invited Balor to come to the ring and try to finish the job right now. Balor didn't come. Uh, Rollins knew that Balor was the most dangerous that he's ever been and surrounded himself with the right kind of people. Balor. um, He said Balor. Thought that it was his destiny to take back what was his seven years ago. Rollins admitted that he he won't be 100% at Money in the Bank, but that doesn't matter because the best version of Finn is still not better than this version of Seth freaking Rollins. Balor then tried jumping Rollins with a chair, but Rollins saw it coming and tackled him. However, Balor did shove him ribs first into the steel steps and into the corner announce table. Baller tried to grab a chair, but Carmella Hayes would yank it away from him. Rollins clotheslined Balor over the barricade, and Balor took the opportunity to run through the crowd. Rollins had a bit of blood on his face, not sure exactly where they came from. But yeah, effective. Going into their match at the pay-per-view. And it also did set up for later in the night. Carmelo Hayes versus Finn Balor in a non-title match.
2: I thought it was pretty cool to see Carmelo Hayes on Raw. Yeah. I don't know if he's ever
0: worked a Raw match before. Might be his first. Is is this his first televised main roster match? Like, I'm pretty sure he's worked dark matches on the main roster. A couple of times. He's worked couple of main events. Yeah, that's what I thought. But like as far as Ron SmackDown goes, I think this was his first actual match. Yeah. No trick no trick Williams with him, which is a little surprising. True. Especially since when we saw what was it? When they did the him and Baron stuff on SmackDown Trick was there. So I don't know. Maybe Trick just couldn't make it.
1: I mean, my guess is maybe this was like a last minute thing because. Right. Vince was making like last minute changes, so maybe Trick just couldn't make it since there's yeah. like such short notice.
0: Byron Saxon's in the back and he interviewed Tommaso Ciampa. This is from earlier today. Ciampa said he attacked Miz because he didn't hear from him the whole nine months he was gone. He was mad because people warned him about the Miz, and the people were right. His injury was a blessing in disguise, and nine months was a long time to be left alone with your thoughts. Choppa said that he knew his friends, who his friends were, and certainly wasn't going to play second fiddle to someone like The Miz. Choppa then planned on creating his own opportunities. I love this, actually. It's like, why did he attack The Miz? Oh, because The Miz didn't give two craps about him, and he finally figured that out, so he's going to take it to The Miz. I actually like that there's a storyline here, and not just, oh, these two were kind of together before, so we're just going to do something. But I like that there's actual backstory here. Kudos. I liked it. And this did lead to Ciampa versus Miz.
1: I, I honestly like this too. But like the one takeaway I got from his promo tonight was I'm going to create my own opportunities. It made me feel like they're going to start pushing him as a singles guy.
0: But I also think he says he knows who his real friends are. Johnny,
2: Candace, huh. He says he knows who his real friends are. I mean, I'm really hoping for DIY. Everyone else is, too. Well, this was supposed to lead to Tommaso
0: Champa versus The Miz, but the match actually didn't happen because The Miz attacked Ciampa from behind during his entrance. Miz then tossed him, into the ring, uh, tossed him all around the ring, into the ring, and then gave him a skull-crushing finale. The match never happened. So we're building up a big-ass Ciampa-Miz feud. Cool. I'm for this it. I think
1: it can happen in, this, in their next match.
0: Johnny makes the save.
1: Like, like, Let's say Miz finally gets a, another person with him. Let's say it's like a big dude, maybe someone like a Zion Quinn, for example. <laughs> I, let's say get Zion Quinn, just, I don't think they will, but Zion Quinn tries to screw over Ciampa, And then they get Dexter Loomis to come out to try to, like, even the odds a little bit. <laughs> That'd be cool. And then, like, Chapa wins, and then he's like, oh, Johnny sent you. I got to thank him and stuff, and then that reunites DIY. That'd
0: be cool. I like that. This is a funny segment. Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens approached Imperium in the back. Kaiser told them to leave, and Zayn said that they must not like when people interrupt them. Unlike all the times that Imperium have interrupted them. Owens said they had an actual reason to be here. And then Owens couldn't remember what it was, so Zane reminded him, hey, it's because we were mad at what you did to Riddle. Owens kind of was like, oh, yeah, you yeah, messed with that guy. And then he yelled at Imperium for what they did. Zane then told Owens, calm down, I'm going to handle this. And he looks right at Gunther and says, I want to fight you tonight. You and me, one-on-one. And Gunther seemed amused by the challenge. and was amused that they all wanted to Ride his coattails. Like, oh, you all want to get beat by me and make you guys better? Make you guys bigger stars because you lost to me? Sure, I accept. I love the whole clank of the the belts right in their faces. I love when they do that. Like, Sammy's like, all right, right, we're ready. And then Kevin Owens is like, yeah, we got to go. And he clanks the belts, too. I loved it. I thought it was great. I love when they clank the belts. I think it's a a great thing. Take advantage of having two titles
1: absolutely love Kevin Owens. Like, I don't care. I'm going to mad at anyone at any time. Right. That's the best Kevin Owens right there. I'm also curious to see, like, it's like the titles are going to be defended on both raw and Smackdown. Are they going to create like new tag team title to just have them carry only one.
0: So there's been a rumor that new tag belts have been like ready for a while. I don't know. Like, um, I'm with you. Give them only one belt to carry. But then you take away the clanking. Then they, what, they clank each other? High five with the belts? No, they high five themselves. You do cheers with the belts. Yeah. Like, cheers themselves now. Bing clank. So Dominic Mysterio comes down to the ring with Rhea Ripley. We want to know who's his part, opponent? Who's his opponent? Who's his... Uh, it's Akira Tozawa. It's Akira Tozawa. But here, Tozawa was all over Dom early on. He wiped him out with a suicide dive. Tozawa seemed concerned after being confronted by Ripley. As we've seen in the past, Tozawa's afraid of Rhea. We've seen that. There's backstory there. Ripley caused a distraction, which allowed Dom to drop him off the top turnbuckle. Dom then followed us up with a great look of frog splash and picked up the victory. Corey Graves says... Oh, look at that big frog splash. You don't learn that in Japan or something like that. He's like, you don't learn that in the doge. He said something. And so that Dom's got all the, the athleticism in the world.
2: I liked it. It was whatever. It wasn't bad. What they need to do with the Tozawa. What? You know
1: you know how they've been sending a lot of guys down to NXT to do some stuff? They, need, they should do that with him.
2: I like that. Have him compete
1: with Wesley for the North American title.
2: I thought it was funny that I think it was
0: Corey Graves was like, that's a Kira Tozawa. He's like a 30, 40-time, 24-7 champion. And Kevin Max is like, it might be more. <laughs> he like, he's like a 20, 30-time, you know, 24-7 champion. And he's like, it might be more. I like that. I thought that was
2: funny. Calling back to those old days. Honestly, they should bring back the 24-7 title. I didn't
0: hate it. You didn't like the Akira Tozawa R-Truth segments? I loved those. All those pre-taped randomly. Because I loved how a lot of times they would theme those to whatever city they were in. I thought they were fun. I liked the Tozawa R-Truth stuff. Which, there's another question. When's R-Truth coming back? I know he's out with an injury, but...
1: Did you see that Interview thing with on the Pat McAfee show. It's like, where happened Ron Killings? Did he yeah. like fall off or something?
0: Yeah, freaking, freaking. Um, Pac-Man Jones asked Paul Heyman, "Hey, where's Ron the Truth Killings?" And Heyman goes, "What did he say? Huh? What did he ask?" And Pat's like, "Uh, Paul, I think he's asking you about our truth." He's like, "Yeah, where's Ron Killings?" And he, he's just like, "I can't understand a word that guy is saying." And he's like, but our truth, who knows where our truth is? Because our truth never even knows the city he's in. I laughed so hard. Again, that's Heyman being able to take any question, any scenario, and just go with it. Gotta love Paul where, Heyman.
1: Where's Ron Killen? He's it's like, it's like, what the F did you just say?
0: Ron, who? No, that's our truth. And then I like how Pat's like, uh, Mr. Heyman, I think he's talking about our truth. This guy, this guy, had been watching some old TNA or something. That's when he was Ron the Truth Killings. Please well, always
1: on all his social media accounts. Well, yeah, his name is Ron Killings.
0: Yeah, but you gotta remember, it's WWE, so technically he's still just our truth. We miss World. I mean, Ron Killings, he beat Ken Shamrock to become the first ever Black NWA champion. So then we had the Woman's Money in the Bank Ladder Match uh, Summit. You know this was? The worst thing on the show. It was just a bunch of... and Someone's going to get mad at me for saying this. Hens clucking. They're just yelling at each other the whole time. This was bad. This was bad. Corey Graves is out there trying to explain the rules of Money in the Bank. when Bailey goes, hey, Corey, we know how this works. Plus, I've won one of these. Actually... Looking at all the women here. I'm the only one here that's won one of these. So I'm going to host this summit. And She starts talking about how she's going to win. And She kind of looks over at EO and she goes, or EO, or EO. One of us are going to win. Because EO's giving her that. Excuse me, bitch. You're going to win? Just you? And so every woman starts talking and this and that. And here's the one thing that they're messing up on. They're not acknowledging. They're, they're playing Zelina as the ultimate underdog. As the woman that nobody thinks can win. You remember this woman won that no other woman in the WWE can say they won? Queen of the ring? Exactly. So why isn't she out here going, You wanna doubt me? Have any of you been Queen of the Ring? I don't think so. Like that's all she had to say, and she would have shut their, their mouths up. All of them. So they're all going and this and that, and da 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 da. EO, like Bailey says, Oh, one of us are going to win. And EO's like, Yeah, may the best woman win. Vega then says, You know what? I'm sick and tired of you damage control girls always disregarding and discounting all the other women's accolades and this and that, and da 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 da, da. She then goes, Oh, but I, I love and, and respect uh, Becky Lynch. Oh, Zoe Stark, you're just a groupie. And Trish Stratus, you ain't never even been in a ladder match. You don't even know what to do in one of these kinds of matches. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Until Vega starts going. She in that, go for it. What
1: happened? Wasn't Zoe Stark in that ladder match at NXT Station yes. and Deliver when, for that Venkit title?
0: Yeah. But she was telling Trish, Trish has never been in a ladder match. Be. Yeah, Trish has never done a ladder match.
1: It's shocking, actually. What do you
0: gotta think. When Trish was an active wrestler, women, they rarely, if ever, got specialty matches. Like Trish and Victoria had a street fight, but it's like, outside of that, the only like specialty matches women got were bra and panty matches, evening gown matches. Not many of the women were getting ladder matches, hardcore matches, hell in a Cell's, cage matches. They barely even got... I don't even remember many women's cage matches back then, if any. So, yeah. You just weren't given those opportunities when Trish was an active wrestler through 2006.
1: You would think, though, that Trish would have been involved in, like, some of the men's lighter matches, though, to, for, like, a spot.
0: No, because she was never, like, you would think. But, like, the only one was Lita because she was with the Hardys. he like, Lita with the Hardys. The Dudleys had Spike. Edge and Christian had Rhino. She wasn't involved with any of them. So she never gotten in, into those matches. But it's like, uh, now she's what, 48 years old? She ain't taking a bump off a ladder. I don't think she's going to even. I mean, maybe she'll, she'll get slammed on a ladder. Maybe. But that's a big old maybe. It'll be very limited in this match. I think so. Stratus said that she had to save the women's division because unlike them, she was a woman. She's the best to ever do it. Stratus said that it was her first ladder match, but winning is what she does. Stratus uh, would win in Money in the Bank, and they can thank her for letting them all be part of that historic moment come Saturday. Uh, Cuddy Flam says, Lita and Victoria did have a cage match. Like, I had a feeling there may have been one But I couldn't think of who it was. Thank you for that. Again, Victoria. There's the common denominator there. Victoria getting all these specialty matches. Street fight with Trish. Cage match with Lita. Where's Victoria's flowers? Victoria was such a big part of that era and never gets the due. I loved Victoria's work. She was so good back then. 2004, 5, 6 era, you know, that time frame. Her and Mickey think we're-, were the unsung heroes of that era. Doing the do, doing the hard work, and Trish and Lee had taken all the credit for it or getting all the credit for it.
1: I think what kind of ruined that for Victoria was that like, she had that like emotional segment on SmackDown, I believe, where she announced her retirement. And I think like weeks later, she signed with.
2: Nay. Yeah, Mickey kind of did the same thing, but I think Victoria did it worse, though. Well, yeah, I would agree.
1: It's like Mickey, like came back and stuff.
0: Well, Victoria said that she's tried to come back and they just didn't want anything to do with her. She did that rumble, but other than that, she literally said on her podcast once that she tried to go backstage at a show and they wouldn't let her backstage like, if they don't want me around, then I'm not even going to try
2: anymore. Which is a shame. Mickey, she just left after her contract
1: was up. Yeah. For Victoria, like, they gave her, like, segment where, like, she was announcing her retirement. She told WWE that she was going to retire. And then weeks later, she signed with TNA.
0: Yeah, but you know who else did that, right?
1: Kurt Angle?
0: Yep. Told Vince, I need to take time away. I need to step away from pro wrestling. I need to basically retire. My wife's telling me she's going to leave me if I'm still on the road. Less than a month later, Kurt Angle is signed with TNA. What the? What? Yeah. Kurt Angle did the exact same thing. Told Vince, I went out of my contract because I'm going to retire. Got out of his contract. Did the whole, my wife's going to leave me if I stay on the road. If I'm not home. Then he went to TNA. Like a month or so later, maybe it was a little more than a month, but I want to say it was not long at all. I'm gonna look it up. Hold on. When did Kurt Angle leave WWE? And when did he go to TNA? What, 2006. Yeah, I know the year. I just don't know the months. Uh, so he left WWE in August and was in TNA by October. So it was yeah, about a month, month and a half. Two months. August fourteenth was his last WWE show, and October nineteenth was his first TNA uh, show. About two months.
1: I found it kind of shocking about like the Kurt Angle stuff. It was like right when he was like done with officially done with TNA, he almost immediately got inducted to the Hall of Fame, and I was like, "Oh yeah, what?" They must have squashed that beef quickly.
2: Well, I don't know if
0: there was ever any beef. Vince always loved Kurt. I, don't, I think that's the one time when someone did something like that and Vince didn't take it personal.
2: At least from everything I've heard. So, I don't know. Um, Stratus
0: said that Lynch, or asked Lynch, if she would be man enough to say thank you, Trish. Lynch acted like she would say something, but then she just decked her instead. This then led to a brawl, and Lynch chucked both Stratus and Stark out of the ring. Bailey and Io teamed up against Lynch and Vega and saved her by hitting them with a slipper. I mean, the chunkla. Um, aside from that, Becky then climbed the ladders and grabbed the briefcase. Cool. I don't think Becky's winning. They wouldn't give her that big moment there if she was winning at the pay per view. Well, I don't think it's Becky. Who do you think wins the woman's ladder match? Sure I. So do I. That's what I would think. Eo.
1: I think it's gonna be Eo Shirai. Eo's gonna try to cash in on Asuka and Bailey's gonna screw over Eo.
0: Ooh. Like
1: we've never had a female fit cash in yet.
0: That's what I was gonna ask. The first female failure. Okay.
1: We're due for that.
0: Because that would also that would also make Eo a huge baby face if she got screwed like that. Kind of like how John Cena screwed Baron Corbin when he tried to uh, cash in.
1: Benefit you a lot more if she had a failed cash in than a successful one. Yeah. And you can go the route of like, Bailey screwed me over. I Had to like, that big rivalry with Bailey. Now I'm going to work my way back up to gain that women's title.
2: I like it. Seth Kelly interviews
0: Carmelo Hayes. Hayes said that Rollins invited him here to Raw tonight and it was an honor to be here. He admired Seth Rollins and aspired to be a champion just like him. Hayes planned on taking care of Rollins, uh, Rollins' Finn Balor problem later on tonight. He said that maybe it was a mistake doing this one night before he had to defend his title against Baron Corbin, but guys like him and Rollins have to take shots to make shots. And tonight, he
2: won't miss. Uh, any thoughts on his promo? So he just like any
1: other promo he does.
0: Yeah, it was a it was a solid Carmelo promo. Other than you don't have Trick in the back going, whoop, got him. Buh-oh.
2: You know, doing his little one-liners.
1: It's also kind of a shame there's no Trick tonight.
2: <laughs> like, I don't hate
0: Trick, but he kind of annoys me sometimes. Well, maybe that's this thing he's supposed to... At least when they were both like heel heels, he was supposed to be annoying, so maybe that's what it is. Ripley approached Lynch in the back. Ripley warned her not to cash in on her if she won money in the bank because, well, it'd be the last thing she ever did. Lynch said when she was the champion, she defended her title every night in every town and in the main event, while Ripley, well, she was just a main event side piece. Lynch said that she didn't need the title The title needed her. She didn't need to be elevated by it. She elevated it. And she wanted to win Money in the Bank just to see Ripley squirm. Interesting tease here for Rhea and
2: and Becky. I don't think Becky's winning, though. Nah. What will probably do is
1: do something with Becky and Trish at SummerSlam.
2: Oh, yeah. Assume a tag team match. We still haven't seen Lita. Where the hell is Lita?
1: Well, it's going to be Lita. Because listen, listen.
0: Lita got beat up backstage by Trish. Becky got her nose busted open, which is worse than the the Lita attack. And Becky's fine. Becky, cool. Lita just went back to freaking Northern California and showed up at a hood slam show. That was it.
2: He's just chilling in Oakland. Probably just waiting for, like, get closer to SummerSlam. Probably.
1: Honestly, don't need Lita to turn heel at this point because you no. got Zoe Stark with yeah. Trish. You do not need. You do not need Lita. If there
0: was no, if there was no Zoe, I would say do it. Make it seem like. Lita's mad at Trish for attacking her. She's going to help Becky and then turn on Becky. But now that she's got Zoe, I wouldn't do it. So Kevin Owens joins commentary. Says he's going to be here to watch these guys and make sure they do nothing in the match against Sammy. He says he's going to watch the bald one on the crutches and the other guy at ringside. And I was like, bald one with the crutches? Vinci's here? How did he know he's a bald guy on crutches? We hadn't seen him yet. He eventually came out of ringside on the crutches, but it was like that's kind of a weird thing for him to say at that moment when he wasn't even out there. Unless he's just like, I saw him back. But he didn't even notice, know, no oh I saw him backstage or something. I don't know. You mentioned Vincey and Vincey came out on crutches. You think it's a real injury? The crutches? Uh, They're playing it up as Riddle it, Riddle injured him. And I heard it was supposed to be a storyline injury, so I don't know.
1: It's a storyline. I think he's fine. I think maybe at, at Money in the Bank they're going to play it off as on crutches and they're going to do like a spot where he loses the crutches and he walks fine.
0: I think they're going to do the spot where Gunther or Kaiser distracts the ref and he uses the crutch on Riddle. Gets him across the back with it.
2: Really?
0: Not much happens during the first portion of this match other than Vincey coming out and we go to break. Um... Coming back from the break, Zane tried to an Exploder Suplex, but Gunther blocked it and chopped him repeatedly. Owens mocked, mockingly applauded Gunther for being able to slam a man on his chest. Zane blocked the chop and went to the top, but Gunther chopped him again. Zane fought back and, in a senton flipped Powerbomb for a two. Zane hit repeated clotheslines and finally dropped him with one, but Gunther countered a Blue Thunderbomb into a sleeper hole. Zane fought to his feet and hit a blue thunderbomb for a near fall. Zane came right back off the top, but Gunther chopped him out of midair, which got a good near fall. Gunther then followed this up with a splash, and another near fall. Kaiser then jumped down the apron to cause a distraction, so Owens was in attacks him. Gunther booted Owens, so Zane wiped out Gunther with a flip dive. The crowd chanted for Sammy here, as he hit an exploder into the corner. Zane then set up for a huluva kick, and Kaiser distracted the referee, and Vinci... Hit Zane with a crutch. So he uses the crutch tonight, and I think he's going to probably use it again at the pay-per-view. But he didn't, like, throw the crutch down to make it, that I noticed. Didn't throw the crutch down to make it seem like he didn't need it, but yeah. Um, Gunther then follows us up with a powerbomb and pins um, Zayn to pick up the victory. What do you think of the match before we talk about the
2: post-match?
1: The match was okay. I thought it could have been better. True. When I first heard that, like, oh, these guys are going to fight tonight, this match should be, like, fan-freaking-tastic.
0: So after the match, Owens goes and attacks Gunter, Kaiser, Vinci. You know, the numbers get the best of them. Finally, Riddle does make his way out to the ring, limping, making the save. Remember, he's got the bum ankle. Riddle nails Vinci with a knee strike and attacks everyone in Imperium with a crutch. Owens then laid out Kaiser with a stunner, and the crowd... Goes wild. There we go. Setting up for uh, Saturday. Almost said Sunday. Setting up for Saturday.
1: Money in the bank. This Saturday is going to be at a perfect time. Nothing's better than like wrestling on a Saturday afternoon.
2: True. And like after you're done watching. You have the rest. You have to do whatever you want. Right. So Chad Gable
0: was in the back with Otis and Maxine. Otis was on an exercise bike and Gable called the Viking Raiders idiots if they told if they thought Alpha Academy were a bunch of amateurs. And Dupree is going to show them what's up and destroy Valhalla every time she's come, uh, just like she has every time they've come in contact. Gable wanted Otis to tell the Raiders their plan and he said, pure carnage. So yeah, there we go. We're building up that stuff. When do we get the singles match between Maxine And Valhalla
2: I'd say maybe At least two or three weeks it has gotta be coming soon I'd say at least two or three weeks Oh I do want to give a shout out to VXS Wrestling
0: In the YouTube chat If you haven't watched any VXS shows Go check them
2: out They're great VXS puts on some great great shows Uh, Kevin Kelly interviewed, or not Kevin Kelly. I'm an idiot. I wrote Kelly, said Kevin Kelly. Kathy Kelly.
0: Not even the right gender. Kathy Kelly interviewed Natalia. Natalia said that she signed up for this life, and the biggest battle wasn't in the ring. It was in her head. She says she's broken, beaten down, and she's been down and doesn't want to stay there. She then challenges Ripley to face her next week on Monday Night Raw.
2: What? you get your ass beat again? Cool. I don't even care. Do you care? don't care. Like, give Rhea something different. Kind of hurting her title. Something competitive. Yeah, I think it's something competitive.
0: I think it's slightly hurting her title reign. Just doing all the natty stuff. Especially since she's beaten her so easily before, twice. So we had a non-title match. It was Finn Balor versus the NXT champion Carmelo Hayes. Match goes nine and a half minutes. And Finn just gets the clean win over the NXT champion. Uh, great match, though. I will say that.
1: This is the type of situation where, like, you basically have to have Finn win this. Because right. if you don't, then you're going to make him look weak at Money in the Bank. Yeah. Finn at needs them. Time, it's like. Go for it. At the same time, it's like. You brought your NXT champion on the main roster to have him lose.
0: So, I can see the criticism. I can see the, you know, all the different ways people can say that this was bad. But, in theory, if you think about it. A challenger for a belt needs the momentum. A champion can sometimes take a loss here and there and not really lose much. Because, A, he still got the belt. And, B... He's especially if he's not going to be on that show next week. So, not, I think it was here's fine. Here's
1: another thing. Finn beat Carmelo Hayes. Did he get a title shot?
0: That, like, I don't know. Maybe.
1: Not like a, a takeover show.
2: I was thinking not the not same. I was they're actually. Not, they're not take. I was actually
0: thinking the same thing, like, but yeah. Premium live event.
1: Premium live. Why oh, I said takeover, they're not takeovers anymore. They should
0: be takeovers. Like, <laughs> mean,
1: black, they're black and gold, yeah. But since there's like a different XT now, I just want to stick. With I miss that. the takeover. See,
0: I miss the takeover name, and I also miss their version of Road 2. You know, AEW does the Road 2 stuff. Well, I miss their prime targets. Prime target was actually
2: very well done. I thought those were always really, really good, the prime target segments. So, Fowler immediately tackles Hayes to gain control, but Hayes comes back
0: with a dropkick and a fadeaway leg drop. Fowler was on the offense at one point following a commercial break, but Hayes came back with some punches, a clothesline, and a springboard clothesline for a two. Balor answered with a clothesline of his own, turning Hayes inside out. Balor then follows up with some stomps, and a sling blade, but Hayes came back with a super kick and a nice springboard DDT. Fowler blocked the kick at one point and hit a gut buster. Shotgun drop kick and a coup de gras to pick up the victory.
2: So Finn, as we stated, gets the clean win over the NXT champion. As we move on, Kathy Kelly interviewed Cody Rhodes, who was in the back with his dog Pharaoh.
0: Rhodes enjoyed his, his chats with Kathy but he looked forward to the day when they weren't talking about the Judgment Day. Rhodes wishes that he could sit with the WWE Universe as they boo Dominic. He said that Dom wouldn't have Judgment Day by his side at Money in the Bank. Why not? Why, what, huh? Why not? Rhea can be there with him. She's got nothing else to do at the pay-per-view. Anyways, Rhodes has yet to lay a finger on Dom and looks forward to seeing what he has. Offer, go cool. generic Cody promo generic Cody babyface promo. Nothing special.
1: I just had to look up those like prime target segments just to like give myself a refresher of what those actually were. Uh, uh-huh. ever did the Adam Cole, Kyler Riley,
2: yes, target
1: segments give that person a freaking raise? Those <laughs> were phenomenal, yes. That literally felt like a movie trailer right there. It was
2: beautiful.
0: There was also one. I can't remember the match. It was a Gargano one. Hold on. I'm looking it up.
1: Gargano and Adam Cole.
0: It may have. New York. It may have been, but I can't remember. I'm trying to look it up. There's a good Gunther. The Gunther or Walter Tyler Bate one was really good too. But yeah, I think it was Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano. That one was really good when they went to the Gargano's hometown and showed the pizza place that his family owned, and that one was really good. There was a good Shayna Baszler
2: one. I think it was maybe her and Rhea. But yeah. There's been, there's been one, some really good ones. favorite one
1: is the, when they first did the Adam Cole, Kyle Riley stuff in NXT. Yes. That was like the first one they
2: did. That one was... Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Yep. As we move forward, um,
0: there was a Bloodline video package hyping up everything that happened last week on SmackDown, and the announcers ran down the card for Money in the Bank as we move on to our 13 and a half minute main event. We got Cody Rhodes versus Damian Priest. Crowd booed for Dom. And Rhea, I guess you could say, when they made their way to the ring. They came out a few minutes after the match actually started. Rhodes didn't let this distract him, though. And he allowed, uh, or he didn't let this distract him. The Priest had already taken over anyways. Rhodes then fought off Priest and hit a suicide dive. He went to get in Dom's face, but Dom stood behind Rhea instead. Priest used that distraction to hit a flatliner ahead of a commercial break. Priest hit a falcon arrow after the break and got a two off of it. Priest turned Rhodes inside out with a clothesline for a two. Priest went to the top, but Rhodes ran up and brought him right down with an arm drag. Rhodes then hit the jab, power slam, disaster kick, more jabs, and a bionic elbow. Got a two off of all that. Priest then blocked a figure four attempt and hit a headlock driver for a two. Priest then blocked a crossroads attempt, and so Cody hit a pedigree instead. Very interesting that Cody keeps using the pedigree. Priest then rolled out
1: of the Uh, room video of like Cody using all these moves like from Triple H. He did the pedigree. Mm -hmm. I think he did like his own version of like RKO from Randy Orton and someone keeps saying like Cody's learning from his mentors.
0: Well, I don't know about Triple H being a mentor to him. Cody, yes. I mean, but he doesn't need to do an RKO. He's got the Cody cutter. Bounce off them ropes. Regardless,
1: If someone did like a video where he was like angrily walking. Someone, someone played a video next to it saying uh, that looks a lot like a Santino walk that he did back in the day.
0: No, Triple H is or not Triple H. Cody has always said that he's looked up to Triple H, like he's idolized him in his career.
1: Randy Orton, though, like that's a mentor right there. That was his. That was like a real mentor for him.
0: Well, yeah, they put him and Ted DiBiase under Randy. They had him all in Legacy, and he learned from Randy. He said, he did an interview, uh, uh, I think it was a media thing one time, where he said the first time he met Randy, they were in another country, and Randy was being Randy, and literally pulled the urinal off the wall and just flooded the bathroom and started in a hotel. Flooded the bathroom. The water started going out into the hallway, or the, the, the lobby. They figured it might have been one of the wrestlers. They're trying to figure out who it was. And Randy kind of played it off like, Hey, whoever did that's an asshole. And he just kept on walking. And it was him all along. And that's the old Randy Orton for ya. Just as bad as him shitting in people's bags. Anyways. Um, he hits the pedigree. Priest then rolls out of the ring to avoid a cover. And he hits a leaping super kick for a two. Rose then hits a super kick and Ripley distracts the ref. Dom trips Rhodes and Priest follows up with the South of Heaven Chokeslam for a near fall. Dom then tries to distract the referee, but Rhodes slips out of a Razor's Edge attempt and pushes Priest into Dom, knocking him off the apron. Rhodes then follows this up with a Cody cutter and a crossroads for a pinfall of victory. There we go. Cody beats Priest. After the match, Dom hits Cody from behind and immediately fled. The crowd boos. Dom backs away with Rhea and Priest and Cody stands in the ring tall. All by himself. So what do you think of this main event and main event ending and the whole last 13, 14 minutes of the show?
1: The main event was good. As far as the segment does go, I thought it was okay. But you, gotta do, some, you gotta do something. You got to do something. Last minute hype. This Cody and Dom match.
0: Well, yeah. Dom attacked
2: Cody. And Cody didn't get to get his revenge yet. So, there's there there's your last minute. Honestly, like I think the two
1: favorites for like the money in the bank match for the men's, I think two favorites are probably Damian Priest and LA Knight.
0: I guess Logan Paul and LA Knight are the favorites.
1: I don't know if this is true or not, but I did hear that some backstage people are really pushing for LA Knight.
0: Oh, everybody should be pushing for LA Knight. It should be LA Knight. And then he can cut promos with the briefcase and all that. No, he'd be phenomenal. I mean he already is phenomenal, but yeah, no, he'd be great. It should be.
1: As far as the Logan Paul stuff, like that would be cool to see Logan Paul with the briefcase, but like the type of match for like Logan where like he doesn't have to get pinned or submitted, so it can yeah. still make him look strong for future matches.
0: See what kind of big springboard dive move him and Ricochet do this time
1: they're like both on ladders
0: something I can see it yeah
1: both on ladders what else is like laying on a ladder both jump at the same time laying on top of someone
0: I can see it but with that guys I want to say that's all we've got pertaining to tonight's Monday Night Raw but now we want to hear what you guys have to say about the show as we go and check the polls I got them refreshed first off as far as the Twitch poll does go 100% like the show Good to see it. As as the Twitter poll does go, 71% liked the show. 22% thought it was just all right. And 5% didn't like Raw. Looking over at the YouTube community poll, 64% liked the show. 23% thought it was just all right. And 13% didn't like it. All right, I'm going to say right now, you guys keep commenting, didn't watch. I'm going to start fucking blocking people from not even being able to comment because then it's getting annoying. Um, uh, the person says, "I'm glad to see the real one of the Miz again as a heel." And this person says, "It's such dumb that Vince's decisions is, oh, it's like it was dumb for Carmelo to lose. I mean, I don't know. I see why people could be upset by it for sure, but if he's only losing here and there every so often, it's not like he's always getting beat. I think it's fine
1: definitely was not worse than like when Karrion Cross lost on main roster. As an
0: exactly. And kept losing to Jeff Hardy. And finally, this person says the show's all right.
1: for Kamala Hayes. They actually made him look good yes. in that match. Karrion Cross looked dumb.
0: As we move forward with the Twitch Live poll, 70% liked the show, 25% thought it was just all right, and 5% didn't like it. with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash unlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Luke, tell them where they can find you.
1: Find me over at Twitter at Petkey underscore 21. And you can also find me over at Twitch
0: at TheLukePetkey. But with that, guys, I want to say have a great rest of your Monday. Have a great Tuesday. And we'll see you back here Wednesday. For AEW Dynamite. As I'm interested to see. I know we've got a lot of time still. But I'm interested to see how AEW starts building up two pay-per-views at the same time. And we also know they got Blood and Guts coming before All In as well. So they got a lot of big shows coming
2: up over the next couple of months. But with that, guys, we'll see you guys on Wednesday. Have a good one.